And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. This play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope everybody is enjoying their Wednesday. Khaki Wednesday. Khaki Wednesday. <laughs> if you guys only knew. We got Ross hanging out here in the studio. Got to turn on his mic. There we go. I said Torn Khaki Wednesday. Torn yeah. Khaki Wednesday. Yes, indeed. We're hanging out here. We've got some special guests in the studio. We hope everybody's enjoying their day. We've got um, Brandon Brown of Terrebonne Boys Basketball, who will be joining us at noon. And then can you believe we're going to Taylor Griffin? Can you believe we've actually let Turtle get on the air? He's joining us at 12.15 today. Uh, he'll talk with us about nickels and some different things that we have going on in the world of sports. So Turtle what's what's this we? <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> we allow you. <laughs> <laughs> we so we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're live until one o'clock. Um, we're gonna talk about Mason Smith uh, and his decision to go to the NFL draft. Look, man, I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I think he's making a mistake, but I'll give my thoughts and my reasoning for that a little bit later in the show. Uh, we're one day closer to the start of the NFL playoffs. We'll break down some of those matchups, and I got some clips to play. Your boy LeBron had some stuff happen yesterday. Um, they just blatantly cheated to win a game last night. Outshot their opponent 23-2 to in the fourth quarter. The Raptors coach gave some of the sound bites of the year last night. You're going to love to hear what he had to say after the game. We'll talk about that in the back end of the show. Now, as we tend to do here at the open of the show, we had a whole bunch of boys and girls basketball results last night around our area. And we got a loaded scoreboard, and we're going to get you some results off of that loaded scoreboard, as we always do, ladies first. The first score here on the list was a little bit of a surprise, Chief. You got the Central LaFouche Trojans lose to Destrahan. That's not necessarily a surprise. Destrahan's one of the best teams in the district. But the Trojans fought them tooth and nail, 40-37. to I saw Central LaFouche a couple nights ago against Terrebonne, and they, like, blasted them. Running time, like, blasted them. They're getting better. You put that together last night and lose close to a very good Destrehan team, Coach Tora and those ladies are starting to play at a high level. They're going to upset one of the, quote-unquote, bigger teams in the 5A district before this thing's all said and done. That was not the result they wanted. But that was a result that showed how much better they have gotten from the start of the year. You have to give Coach Toradanos tons of credit because it's not only this year that she's doing it. They did it last year also. They got yeah, they better did. and better as the season went on. So uh, kudos to Coach Danos and her staff because those Lady Trojans are getting better and better each game. We have East St. John and Bourgeois listed on the LHSA website. A reminder, that is tonight. That is not last night. That is tonight. A big old doubleheader, 6-7. and seven. Actually, 5-6-7, and seven, but there's a JV game. That's on the reservation. You got East St. John and HL Bourgeois. Can't wait for that one. That's going to be some wonderful basketball out there in gray. Edna Carr last night did something that no one has done all season. They go into the tank and beat the South Lafouche Lady Tarpons. Hard-fought game, 55-52. to Ellie Lorraine and Nyla Lyons scored a boatload of points for South Lafouche, but it was Edna Carr who gets the three-point win, 55-52. to Tough one for the Lady Tarpons. Edna Carr is a very quality opponent, and it's not easy to beat South Lafouche in their home gym. Kudos to the Carr Cougars for making it happen. Yeah, look, and from what I understand, uh, Lady Torpens were coming back at the end, maybe had chances at the end 
or yeah. did they cut into the whatever, but it was a close game at the end. Yeah, no doubt. Tough one for them. Hanville rolls past Thibodeau, 50-32. to 32. Something's up with Thibodeau, and I think it could be just as easy as they're missing Taylor Thomas, who got injured in the South Lafouche game, and I mean, she was a big piece of what they do. They haven't been the same. They continue to struggle a little bit. They fall to Hanville 50-32. to 32. Girls basketball scores. It was Terrebonne getting a 31-29 win against Ellender. That's a good win for Terrebonne over the Patriots. Um, that game was a home game for Ellender, but don't matter. They both play in the same gym. Uh, so Ellender gets uh, Terrebonne gets the uh, road win in their home gym against Ellender. 4A scores. We have Assumption and Donaldsonville who played. We don't have a score reported on the LHSA website. Let's see. We had Letcher get a 49-20 win over Dunham. Letcher, Letcher's continuing to stack up those wins, man. They're going to be a good PowerPoint game for somebody. Is that correct? I have a different. Okay, well, maybe so. But look, the LHSA website has 49-20, to 20, but it has a win next to Letcher. But the 20 is first before the 49. So Dunham may have won that game 49-20. That's how you got it? I got it. Yeah, Dunham 49-20. All right, we'll, we'll try to do a little homework there and try to figure that out because it is logged kind of weird into the LHSA website. So we'll do some homework there and try to figure that out. Morgan City, in a non-district game against a district opponent, they get a 39-32 win over South Terrebonne. That game was out in St. Mary, so good win for Morgan City. A Morgan City team that I saw Friday, um, look, their, their record's not very good, and they only have like seven or eight girls, but they're really not that bad. They play hard, and they do get a win over South Terrebonne. Uh, we told you about the Lady Tarpons and Carr, and we go down to 3A. Berwick gets blasted by St. James, 47-10. to Berwick won a bunch of games against inferior competition early in the year. They're kind of paying the piper now. Patterson in a district game gets a 40-21 to win over Donaldsonville. Good win for the Lady Jacks. E.D. White was scheduled to play Chappelle. That game was canceled. Uh, we've got E.D. White tonight taking on uh, Country Day, a game that you'll be able to hear I believe on ESPN 100.3, right? Our game of the week. That should be a, a great matchup there. White, yeah, and Country Day. Yeah, big matchup between two quality teams. Looking forward to that one. Home of Christian School. They started the year not playing, like, really at all. Um, but now they are playing more and are playing very well. They get a, uh, let's see, 38-24 to 24 win over West St. John, and they're like 4-5-1, or five and one, something like that. So Home of Christian School doing some really good work and are, are piecing together a really solid start to the year. They go on the road and beat West St. John. Kudos to them. In single A, Central Catholic of Morgan City rolls past Centerville 66-16. That was a district game. Big old win for Central Catholic. And then you got Covenant Christian, who falls close in a hard-fought district game, 41-36 against Vermilion Catholic. So a tough one there for CCA. That is our girls' basketball scoreboard. Did you give uh, the bourgeois? Night. Bourgeois played Walker, but I don't see it logged here. Yeah, what was the have, result? Uh, Walker 61, Bourgeois 21. Hey, Walker is undefeated and is probably the best team in the state of Louisiana. So not an unexpected result, but thank you so much. Because, yeah, that one I don't see here on, on the LHSA site reported. Boys basketball side of things. We had some very interesting results yesterday, and we start off by telling you that Central Lafouche Got a 20-point, 55-35 win over Destrehan. I was actually heading back from Thibodeau last night when I was doing the Nickel State University game, and I saw the crowd, and I was like, you know what? Let me peek in and go and see what's going on. 
But right as I was pulling in, Destrahan was actually loading up their bus. So um, I didn't catch any of the action. But in speaking to Gage after the game, Evan Griffin scored 30. He was really, really good. And the Trojans um, defend their home floor and get a 20-point win over Destrahan. They did what they had to do, stay undefeated in district play. So good on them. Now, over in the jungle, over at Thibodeau, Hanville gets a 62-52 win against Thibodeau. But that was a pretty close game. From what I understand, Thibodeau played them really, really tight. Thibodeau's going to upset somebody and, and probably multiple somebodies. They're going to get somebody here real soon. They played uh, Hanville close, come up a little short, but put up a fight. The Tigers are, are, are another one of those teams. They're getting better and better and better, starting to score the basketball more naturally. They, they lose yesterday, but it wasn't a terrible result for them. They played hard and competed, and they're going to jump up and bite somebody before the year ends. Yeah, because uh, the way they play in defense in a half-court set is uh, a formula for success. And if they can find ways to score, they shoot the ball a little bit better from the outside, you're right, Thibodeau will win some district games. Two scores in 4A that are kind of surprising to me a little bit. One, the fact that Ellender really kind of put it on E.D. White last night, 53-41. to Great win for the Patriots, beat E.D. White by a dozen. Um, and that game was kind of sort of not even that close. You know, looking at kind of the box score, E.D. White kind of made a little hay late, but the Patriots kind of put it on them pretty good. And then another one, I, I'm telling you, man, I've spoken to some folks out at Assumption. They're winless, right? But there are levels to being winless. They, Destrahan is winless. I'm not sure that Destrahan's going to win a game. Assumption is winless, but they're without some key pieces who are starting to come back into the lineup. Donaldsonville has had a really good start to the year. They're one of the favorites, in my opinion, in the local 3A district. Assumption played them yesterday and only lost 49-39. to You go look at some of the teams that Donaldsonville has beaten by more than 10 points. There are some good teams on that list. Assumption played them close. I'm telling you, they're not going to end the year winless. They are going to get some wins coming home as they get a little healthier. Coach Hollins has the group... Um, not playing at a high level right now, but I think that as the year goes on, they're going to jump up and bite some people. And I think they're going to win a couple of the games in district play. Yeah, and I was uh, talking about this last night where when uh, you, you start playing in early January or after that first week and the second week of January, uh, you have teams scouted, but a lot of times it gets you a little nervous because – Teams may be getting some guys back from grades who are ineligible that first semester that can play now. And uh, you're getting some kids back from injuries, with like football injuries and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it's different teams now. And you got to make adjustments uh, into the year. No doubt. De La Salle gets a 72-57 to win over Lutcher. So they actually go into Lutcher and get a win there. That's a good win for De La Salle. Uh, let's see what we have. We have Morgan City. Excuse me, getting a 68-50 to 50 win over Berwick. So the Tigers, hey, everybody who plays Morgan City, plus one. You just got yourself an extra PowerPoint uh, for the future. In 3A, told you about E.D. White. We told you about Berwick. We told you about Donaldsonville. Um, Patterson was off yesterday. St. James gets a 46-42 to 42 win over White Castle. Kudos to our friend of the show, Coach Henry Latin and the crew. They get a 46-42 to 42 win over White Castle. In 2A, Homa Christian School did not play yesterday. Single A, we go to uh, Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's starting to turn on the Jets, brother. They've got a seventy to thirty-four win, yep. seventy to thirty-four win, excuse me, over Centerville. 
played very well um, and, and took care of business there. And then CCA on the road falls to Vermilion Catholic 66 to 49. Covenant Christian is much improved, but Vermilion Catholic is really strong. Um, but it looks like those Eagles, man, we saw them early in the year and they're playing all these 5A schools. Their football kids don't have their legs and they just keep getting better and better and better. And they're continuing to post some strong results. That's not a team you're going to want to play in the final month of the year because they're going to they're going to be kicking chicken, as we like to say. Yeah, we're going to have to take uh keep an eye out on that Catholic league in New Orleans. It's uh had some good results there. Brother last night. Martin beats Holy Cross sixty seven fifty two. Jesuit uh, beats Rummel in a close one. Uh, John Curtis, I believe, beat Saint Augustine sixty three fifty nine. Here's the thing, man. Like, and you mentioned this to me off the air. I'll say it on the air. Today's day and age, the 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 coaches and the players want to push, 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 push. Let's go down the floor. Let's play in transition. Let's play fast. Let's let's get quick three pointers. Let's get quick shots. Jesuit doesn't do that, and they beat your ass doing it the old way. They play half court. Good defense. They have two rim protectors and shot blockers. And last night they scored 47, which in today's day and age, everybody would be saying, oh, that's boring. Oh, they don't. But they, by scoring 47, they won by 15 because guess what? You can't score on them. And they are one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana playing that old school brand of basketball. Yeah, look, uh, it works. And, and teams that do it, my God. Goodness, you get criticized. <laughs> are you slowing the game down? Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do that? And uh, You're trying to win a game. And Jesuit has it down because it's not the first year they do this. You go back and look. They've been doing that for years, and they play in one of the most competitive districts in the state year in and year out. And um, – it works, man. You, you start with defense, play tough nose defense, and run some offense and get quality shots, and you're gonna beat teams. I saw this team earlier in the year, the Thibodeau tournament, and I'm not gonna lie, like I was impressed and like I thought that they played well, but I wouldn't have expected Denham Springs to be nineteen and two. They are like one of the best seeds in Division One non-select. And I mean this not taking anything away. Look, they went undefeated at the Thibodeau tournament. They look strong, but they have found another gear since then, man. They're 19 and 2, and they've got some really impressive wins. You talk about a team that is playing ball at a high level. You're number five right now in Division One non-select. That's a team that a lot of us locally saw in the first week of the year. And boy, have they made some strides since then. They're cruising. They're they're really, really good. I, like I, I spoke to their coach at the tournament, Coach Cab, and he uh, and I, he goes, "You out?" I said, "Yeah, Coach. I, you know, I'm done." And and he says, "Yeah, I'm, you know, getting he's getting to the end. He gets some college ball, college coaching, and all this, and back in high school. And he's like, all oh, my kids are grown, and this and that. And I could get out, but he says this team is uh, really good. Yeah, well, it, the proof and is he, in the pudding. So man. he says, I, I'll stay around. And I think they may be a little young." Uh, he's going to stay around. Our guy Kirby and the Bruley team, they got another win yesterday. Um, they got a 73-41 to win over Lakeshore. They're now 16-0. and 
and looking at their schedule coming up, that they're, they may be into the 20s and oh with what they have coming up. So a great win for Bruley yesterday over a 12 and 6 Lakeshore team. When you're beating a 12 and 6 opponent by 32, you're probably pretty good. So great for Coach Kirby and the Bruley Panthers last night. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got to tell you about Nichols, man. The Colonel's men got a big old win last night, and I would like to invite you guys to join us in Thibodeau for some future games. I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Three T Oil Change is an efficient, quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement, and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive-through. No appointment necessary. Three T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call seven nine eight seven four zero one. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. Three T Oil Change says, "Go Tarpons." While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Man, I don't like missing Tarpon games, and last night, regretfully, I had to miss South Lafouche taking on South Terrebonne, but kudos to Coach Kale and and Coach... (laughs) <laughs> Kudos to Coach Collin and Coach Crosby for making it happen and bringing uh, to our community the South Lafouche win. But I was at the Nickel State University game working that one on ESPN+. And, dude, I got to tell you something. Last night, the Colonels got an extremely impressive win over Southeastern and improved to 2-0 in Southland Conference play. This is the men, by the way, that we're talking about. We'll talk about the women a little bit also in this segment. Nichols and Southeastern have an intense rivalry. Both teams have been really good in Southland Conference play in recent years. Last year, the Colonels played at Hammond, a game that I was at, a game that I worked on the radio, and scored 88 points. Okay, They won like 88 to 76 or something like that. When I went back into my notes and I was studying it, the Colonels had to replace all 88 of those points last night. You brought back zero of your points that you scored the last time that you beat Southeastern. 
But yet, here we stand today. It's a Nichols team that last night again beat Southeastern. A team, by the way, who has like three or four returning starters. Like they're one of the best teams in the league with a whole new roster. You come into your gym, Stouffer Gymnasium. You never trail the entire game. And the way that the game flowed is Nichols would get up by 10, 12 points. Southeastern would cut it to three or four. Nichols would make a run and get up by 10, 12 points. Southeastern would, would cut it. The Colonels just never panicked. And it's a Nichols team now under first-year coach Tavon Sadler who has a roster loaded full of talent. You got Deontay Smith, who's the reigning Southland Conference Player of the Week who last night had 18 points and seven assists, three rebounds, making shots all over the place. You've got a big guy in the middle, Jamal West, the transfer player, who last night 16 points, six rebounds, shot 13 free throws, bull in a china shop, just making things happen. You've got a guy like Robert Brown, who scored 16 last night. Byron Ireland, who scored 10 points and 12 rebounds last night. 12 rebounds, oh yeah, he's a guard. You've got Makai Collins, who is a returnee and who did play on this team last night who's going against a 6'11 post player, recording two late-game block shots that helped you win the game. It's a Nichols team that is so much fun to watch. They play with so much poise for a group that really doesn't have a whole lot of experience together. And they're now 2-0 in league play. In the first game of league play, you're down 17 in the second half. You come back, you force overtime, and you win in overtime. And then last night, every time Southeastern made a run, didn't blink, didn't flinch. Coach Tavon Sadler is like 27, 28 years old. He's the youngest Division I men's basketball head coach in the country. And it just doesn't show. The dude just doesn't blink. His team doesn't blink. These Colonels are a whole lot of fun to watch. Last night, the attendance was 500. It was a little bit light. I get it. School's out. The kids are not on campus. It's going to grow. It's going to be more. But I'm challenging all the non-students and people around the surrounding area The Colonel men play on Saturdays and on Mondays. If you're free for some of those Saturday games or some of those Mondays, come on out, watch this team. This is a fun group to watch. They got a big old win last night. They're 2-0 in league play. They're going to be extremely competitive. Yeah, that's my question about the crowd. So 500, um, they're setting the stage for later in the season when school's back in session. A lot of these students will, will go and support the Colonels, I'm sure. Uh, with a, a winning team. You're going to support a winning team. But, yeah, community, go out there and support your, your local college. They are doing something now that I know is going to make you happy, and, and we talked about it off air. You know what I'm about to say. In the previous two regimes, they really didn't make a whole lot of emphasis on recruiting local. They didn't. They were transfer portal, um you know, get guys from all over the place. And look, right now their roster is the same. It's pretty much a, a hodgepodge of guys from the portal all over. But one of the unsung heroes, they got Thomas Claymo on their staff. He's like the director of basketball operations or whatever. He is, A, himself going and watching a lot of games. B, he's starting to bring some of those assistants out. And look, dude, here's the thing. Nobody's asking you to sign and have a starting five of all dudes from the Bayou region. That's not what anybody's asking. But just be present within your local basketball community. They're starting to do that, and I think it's going to pay big dividends going forward. A, I think bringing Thomas Claymore on board was a great win for Coach Sadler. B, the fact that they seem to give a hoot about what's happening around them at the high school ranks is going to pay off. Super, super excited. 
Yeah, look, you come into a situation, you want to have support in your community. And uh, when these high school coaches see you in the gym, and uh, like you said, recruiting, but they don't have to offer you a kid. Or, but if they see you there watching, those high school coaches are going to support you more. Yes. Than, and I, look, I'm, I'm, this is a fact. It's not – this is a fact that high school coaches in this area, if you show them support, they're going to support you back. If you're never in their gym and you don't even, I mean, you don't know the high school coach's name, you don't even know their players, uh, the MVP the district one year had no clue. They didn't know who he was. And if you're in the gym, they're going to support you. And they're going to be there, and their kids are going to start going to games. And it's just uh, it's a win-win situation. So the men in recent years have been winning, and they have been near the upper echelon. And I think this year they're going to stay there. Now, the big comeback story is with the women. The women last year were last place in the conference, and they were picked last place in the conference in the preseason. They have played two league games so far. They lost a hard-fought game against Southeastern, a game that you watched. It was on ESPN Plus, hard-fought game. The, the Lions pulled away at the end. I was thinking, and look, this is just me being honest. I was thinking, okay, short turnaround, very physical game. They're going on the road to Houston Christian on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough game to win. No, they showed up to Houston Christian and blew out the uh, the Houston Christian team on Saturday, win 73-55. to Now they're at home for two games in a row, Thursday against New Orleans, Saturday against Lamar, and – while the men may have a little bit more of a hodgepodge roster, the women are recruiting local. They've got Michaela Etienne from Monroe. They've got Trey Bruce from Cutoff. They've got you know Victoria Woods from Elton, Louisiana. Kyla Hamilton from Moss Bluff, Louisiana. They've got more of a friendly mix. Uh, Deanna Brister from Lake Arthur. Like they've got some Louisiana flavor. And then it's really only the beginning because if you look around our area. They have the young lady from E.D. White signed. She's going there. They have offered the whole crew out at Vanderbilt, so they have the opportunity in the future to go there. Coach Justin Payne, when Vanderbilt played E.D. White at Nichols, guess what? He was the first guy in the gym. He was out there watching. He was scouting. He was shaking hands. He was meeting people. These guys, Coach Payne and Coach Sadler, both young guys. Both, you know, Coach Payne is in his early 30s. Coach Sadler in his late 20s. They both played at Nichols. They both understand what you got to do to succeed at Nichols. They both love being in that Nichols red. They understand our community. They understand the people here. They understand how to make an impression on the people here. Two grand slam home run hires. I am super jacked up. I'm not just saying this because uh, Nichols, you know, gets me to do work for the games. No, I genuinely mean that. I am looking so much forward to the rest of the year because the whole vibe around both teams is so, so, so different right now. And you know why these teams can come back on a short turnaround and produce? Because their head coaches bring the energy. Yep. And there, there's not going to be a letdown because they won't allow it. And just just watch them coach. I know the girls, you watch uh, Justin Payne coach. He brings the energy. Yep. And uh, he tries to get the crowd involved and whoever's there. And um, you got to give credit to them. And Give credit to the the, the Nichols administration administration for uh for bringing these guys in and maybe uh you know and I said this I think yesterday or the day before where 
when Salah was hired, a lot of people like, why, why? The Nichols administration, their AD, has needs to have a ton of credit for bringing these young coaches in. Yep, no doubt. So your next opportunity to see the men will be Saturday uh, against Lamar. Your next opportunity to see the women will be Thursday against New Orleans. I'll be at both of those. Can't wait to uh, to see what the next week brings for the Colonels. Let's catch a break when we get back. Coach Brandon Brown, Terrebonne High School, will be joining us. The Tigers have lost a couple of hard-fought, tough-luck games. We'll ask Coach Brown his thoughts on how his team could reverse that and turn it around in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Throw me something, mister! I got you. Beads, doubloons, and music. Down here, it's all part of carnival season. Come get a taste of Mardi Gras and celebrate this season by playing $1 King Cake Crew from the lottery. Went up to $2,000. $2,000? Let the good times roll! That's right. Or join the parade with your crew and play $2 My Mardi Crew with the top prize of a whopping $14,000. Dance to the beat of the drums and kick off your Mardi Gras season with King Cake Crew and my Mardi Crew from the lottery. Went up to $14,000. There's no season like Mardi Gras and nothing like the Mardi Gras scratch-offs from the lottery. Pick up yours today at any lottery retailer. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Welcome back here to Play by Play. Casey Jiskler here with Coach Brian Kale, and we go to the phone lines, and we have one of our good buddies on the show. That'd be Terrebonne Boys basketball coach, Coach Brandon Brown, who's joining us now. Coach Brown, good morning, man. How are we doing today? Oh. All right, let's, let's try that over again. We've got uh, Terrebonne Boys basketball coach, Coach Brandon Brown on the line. Coach, how are we doing today? Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good, good. We had a little bit of a false start. We didn't have our microphones hooked up for you to be able to hear us. We apologize for that. Uh, but we got it squared away now. Look, Brandon, before we talk any basketball, man, 
This is a true story. I've known about this for about a month now. I'm part of the voting committee for the uh, Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Fame. So I've known for a good bit that you were going to be in this year's induction class. It's taken everything in me to not congratulate you every time I've seen you. But now it's officially public. We could shout it out on the air. Brandon Brown, you are a 2024 inductee into the Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Fame. That's got to be such a humbling thing. But it also is so extremely well-deserved, my man. Congratulations to you. Your thoughts on going into the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm, they still haven't hit me yet. But, uh, I mean, meeting so many uh, great guys yesterday at the uh, Hall of Fame luncheon, uh, I just knew I was with uh, some really, really great athletes. And my, I know it's all kind of off-topic, but my, my – my, uh, favorite thing was meeting uh the, the bull rider yeah and watching those highlights and then just just seeing how amazing that is and then just talk with him great guy uh i actually forgot his name david uh, uh i forgot but uh, Fournier. man that was a wonderful experience Fournier, great talking to him great talking to all everybody and i'm just it was so wonderful being with uh a good induction class now awesome man it is very very well deserved let's talk about your team you opened up district play last week. It didn't go the way that you guys had hoped. You, you lose by 15 to Bourgeois on the road. Then I was at your game on Friday with Central Lafouche. Man, that one, you guys had to leave the gym kicking yourself, man. You had a seven or eight point lead in the fourth quarter, couldn't close it out. What was the message over the weekend and here in the early stretches of the week to try to get off of that little bit of a, of a schneid that you're on right now? Uh, it just complimented the guys on, on, on how how we played two games with a great defensive effort, but uh, to be uh, great in this district, you have to bring it on both ends of the court. I know most coaches always preaching about uh, wanting better defense, but that's what we're getting, but we're not getting it on the offensive end. We're, we're missing a lot of easy shots, open uh, uh, jump shots, and we've been in the jump shooting, trying to correct those errors and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, some things that uh, turn around and uh, we have to, in, in pressure moments, lean on our uh, uh, our training and our practice habits. And so hopefully having some good practices under our belt that uh, we can do that on a consistent basis. We spoke to Gage Griffin both after the game Friday, but then also yesterday here in play-by-play. And he, he thought that his team at the end just, just found an extra gear. And look, they've got six seniors. They're extremely experienced. How, the next time you guys are in that situation, do you bring that little extra that you're going to need to close the deal? You know, I mean, and definitely compliments to Central. they they got a good team. And I love their players. I love the way they fight. But I, I really thought it was a little bit more than us. We, we, we got to the basket a lot of times. And, again, uh, go back to the film, we just missed some point-blank layups, yeah. uh, technical fouls for some bad language, you know, uh, just – uh, just, just, just silly things. And, and, sh- and hats off to Central Lacouche because they, they took advantage of those mistakes, and and they got a well-deserved win, and they got a great ball club. They're having a great year. Um, but I mean, just some, just some little little things we can fix, and uh, you know, having Colin Billiot for the rest of the season uh, that that'll help as well. To to lean on him when we're having some uh, some bad moments. So, you know, we got a, a safety net. Uh, uh, coming back after uh, his all-star appearance. Oh, for sure, man. And that certainly makes a big difference having him back. You guys are approaching a really big week. You got Morgan City and Destrehan both at home. On paper, those are games that you guys should take care of. And you know the way the PowerPoint system works. You got to win the games that you're quote-unquote supposed to win. So these are two big ones for your basketball team coming up. 
It is, but I and and I don't want to overlook any any uh, uh, teams. But I, I feel that uh, we are slight favorites against both of those. And uh, if we play do normal turbo on things, that uh, we can walk away with victories. But I mean, you got to play the four quarters. But uh, we are also implementing some things for uh, those matchups where we might be slight underdogs. So we are taking care of a lot of things at one time. And um, so we can be a good playoff caliber team when it when it comes to it. So again, we're not overlooking anybody, but again, we are looking for uh, big quality wins that we can hang our hat on and lean on uh, come playoff time. So uh, we we are we are not satisfied with where we are, but we we have to prepare for where we want to be. So uh, that's what we're doing at the moment. And uh, Morgan said he's next for us, and I think that uh. If we play, you know, a fast-paced brand of basketball and use our depth, and uh, I think we all should be okay. Brandon, there are some games where I watch you guys play offense, and, and the scoring is coming easy, and you guys are making shots and, and getting rolling, and it almost feels contagious. And then there are other stretches, like the second half against Central Lafouche, where it's a little bit more of a grind. Do you think it's a, a confidence thing? Like, what, what goes wrong for you all in those stretches where where scoring becomes a little bit more difficult? I think it, it's it's when they're feeling good, they, they really want to be the reason that we are up and not uh, focus on getting the best shot. And I, I know that when my, when my guys shoot, they're not shooting in a selfish manner, but maybe the shot that they're taking is not best for us. And we're trying to get the easiest shot as possible, no matter who shoots it. And sometimes, you know, they might be thinking that, hey, I only have two points. I really want to help us do it so I'm gonna go go try to get you know six points straight and and that might can be a bad shot and then that kind of selfish moment leads to another player thinking well he shot that so I get to shoot that and and that that is contagious you said uh, good shots are contagious but also bad shots are contagious as well and I mean as a coach I gotta I gotta I gotta wrangle that in just a little bit but I, I really want my players to play free but you know, again, I gotta uh, pick my spots on when to when to coach those kids hard and when to uh, let them be free. And you know, in certain moments, they probably think about, hey, are we being free at this moment? Do coaches want us to to grind it out just a little bit? And I gotta make sure that my message is well received, so the players maybe don't don't tense up or be too too loose in certain moments. No, so I hold responsibility for that. Yep, yep, very well said, man. Look. One of the things um, that I like the most about Billy Odd's game is that he is, you know, of course he's a super-duper athlete and he could jump and he could do all the great basketball things, but I think that he's also a very willing passer and that there are a lot of times where he gets to the rim and he could, in theory, try to draw a foul, shoot a contested layup, but he's pitching it to the corners and trying to get you guys an open look from three. Like He, this season especially, is a very, very selfless player and he creates a lot of offense just with his presence. You've been missing that the last couple of games. I'm sure that that's going to be a big, big boost to you now that he's back. You know, 100%. And I know that this is going to be sound contradictory of myself, but we've been having a lot of players take a lot of shots. And Billiard hasn't been one of them. I mean, yeah. if you look at his stats, he's very efficient. He's one of our top scorers, top rebounders, top in field goal percentage, top in free throw, three-point percentages. But the shot attempts are very low. So if anybody should be – shooting 16, 17 shots, it should be him. But, again, he's, he's a 
he's a selfless player and he wants to get his teammates more involved. But I promise you, if he tried to to take over a game, it would help them even more because they'll gravitate even more to him. So just like you know he's going to pass that ball, sometimes the other team knows he's going to pass as well. So I want him to be able to just take over and not be – if he miss, he miss. You know, we trust his game. He put in the work to be able to take those shots. So I want him to take even more. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Look, you got two big ones coming up. As we said, Morgan City and Deschamps, a big week, both at home. What are some things you're hoping to see from your team this week to let you know, all right, man, we uh, we kind of flushed down those last couple of losses? I I want my team to finish uh, stronger at the rim, and I want my team to be able to play fast. I know we can play slow, but can we, we speed it up a little bit in transition and be confident to go finish at the rim instead of, you know, I see a player on the side of me, I see a player in front of me, we just invent shots. No, we got to be able to, to to rep these things and it, and our muscle memory take over in those in those moments. So it's on me to rep it, rep it, rep it, and then it becomes easy uh, or our second nature uh, when it happens. So we want to play fast these next two games uh, uh, and, and just you know use that as a, a, a stepping stone. And again, we're not disrespecting anybody, but I really want a, a, a staple win that we can hang our hat on, you know, because uh, I'm actually jealous of a lot of these teams around here. They got. Uh, uh, some wins that they can hang their hat on, and uh, I want some for my, my team as well. Very good, Coach. Hey, look, thanks so much for the time, man. Congratulations again, and we'll see you around, man. All right. Take care, Casey. Thanks for everything. Yep. That is Coach Brandon Brown doing an excellent job, as always. Such a worthy recipient of the Bayou Region uh, Hall of Fame, and he's continuing to write his story on the coaching side. Look, he got in as a player. Uh, he was an all-state basketball player, you know, all-conference team while at Tulane, top 15 score and rebound in two or and rebound there in Tulane history, eight-year professional career. So he deserves the accolades there, but now he's also making his mark at, in this stage of his career. And they've got some big ones coming up. They're going to get back on track. I think they're going to beat Morgan City. I think they're going to beat Destrehan. Then they go back into the district next week, taking on East St. John, and they're going to win their share in district as well. Yeah, they will. And uh, trying to. Uh solidify their spot in the power rankings. They want to try and get that home game. I think that would be huge for that program if they can get a home game, and that's uh, that's in reach. There's no doubt. And I know uh, Brandon Brown's an excellent coach. Uh, he'll, he's going to have his guys ready. They uh, When he's going to look back at this season and the close games that, that they, uh, they didn't come out on top of, that's going to drive him crazy. So I know you guys are all wondering, right? As we've announced Brandon. So you're probably saying, well, who the heck else made the Hall of Fame? Well, I got the answer for you. The 2024 induction class, and we'll talk about all of these individuals tomorrow with Stan on our Terrible General Thursday interview, but the 2024 induction class into the Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Fame. Of course, we got Brandon Brown. We have also Leslie Daigle, who was a 1953 graduate of St. Francis Boys School. He was a member of the 1953 State Championship St. Francis baseball team, who then coached St. Francis to three single-A state championships in baseball and had a wonderful career as a doctor of physical therapy in our area. That's Mr. Leslie Daigle. We have Mr. Thomas Ezel, a 1978 graduate of South Terrebonne High School and was a national punt, pack, and pass, and kick finalist at age 13, 
was an All-State performer in football and track and field and a four-year starting quarterback for Grambling State University. That's Mr. Thomas Ezel. Mr. Joe Fake, 1970 graduate of E.D. White, was a member of the Cardinals' 68 and 69 state championship football teams and also was All-State as a baseball player in addition to football and was a three-year letter winner at LSU from 1971 to 1973. That's Mr. Joe Fake. The guy that Brandon was talking about may be the most interesting uh, and unique inductee into this year's class. Mr. David Fournier, a 1981 graduate of Central Lafouche High School, is a 1982 NIRA National Collegiate Rodeo Rookie of the Year, is a seven-time World PRCA qualifier, 1996 World PRCA Reserve Champion Bull Rider, and is a PBR Hall of Fame member, as well as being a McNeese State University Hall of Famer. Who would have thought? Guy from right here at Central Lafouche. And then lastly, but not least, you've got Philip Livis, a 2007 graduate of South Terrebonne High School, who was an All-State football player for the Gators, an All-WAC conference player at Louisiana Tech, was the MVP of the Independence Bowl, named to Louisiana Tech's All-Century team, and had short stints playing in the NFL and the CFL. So Brandon Brown, Leslie Daigle, Thomas Ezel, Joe Fake, David Fournier, and Philip Livis. Congratulations. That's the new Hall of Fame class. Some really, really interesting and really, really good names. And Brian, one of the most fun things about being a member of the voting committee there is you hear about these people on the ballot that I didn't even know existed. Like that bull rider guy, Central Lafouge guy, Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. I had no idea that we had a person like that in our community, but congratulations to all of the six-member class on their inductions. Yeah, and when you start researching and looking up their names, like, wow, they did this? It uh, leaves you uh, highly impressed. So good job to the committee uh, getting these guys inducted into that Hall of Fame. Well done. Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to join Mr. Taylor Griffin. We'll talk with him about some nickels because we were both at the game last night. Also got some WWE and some prep, and we'll ask him about you know the Saints and some different things that are happening. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Advanced Eye Institute and in Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere for the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses. Call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That's State Bank and Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. 
Price is priority. Your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all-fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply. Visit us at letsrev.biz. Rev Business. A Monday warrior, mean, mean strike. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley, and it's Wednesday and it's 12.15, so we make a trip and visit with our buddy, Coach, uh, I say Coach, former Coach Taylor Griffin. He's also a broadcast colleague of ours here at Coastal Broadcasting. Turtle, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, doing fantastic. How y'all doing? Good, man. Look, I did a whole segment earlier in the show um, talking about how I'm more excited than ever for Nichols basketball on the men's and women's side. Last night, you and I witnessed the Colonel boys getting a win over Southeastern. A game where they had extremely balanced scoring, led throughout the entire game. I'm super jacked up about tomorrow to watch the women play again. Dude, it, the energy is just different. It's hard to explain, but yet if you have been to games this year versus the past, you know what we mean. I said it on, you know, writing about it last night. It's just, it's just a different vibe, dude. And both of these teams have a lot of spark, a lot of spunk, and they're really fun to watch. Yeah, man. Nichols basketball, as you said, on both the men and women's side, it's just on a new level now. And it's there's something special about it. Something feels different in the gym. Like it's hard to explain, but you've got to come check it out for yourself. Anyone on the fence about you know uh, possibly attending a game here in the future? Uh, both the men's and women's programs are continuing to make big strides forward. They've, uh, they've got some exciting players, very talented players. They've got, you know, some great young coaches who understand today's game. They're, uh, they're in touch with their players. They're in touch with the style of play that's required to uh, have success in these days. Man, it's just uh, it's a special feeling. And, you know, if it, anyone in the community who, you know, oh, I haven't been to a game in 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, like, look, it ain't the same old wooden bleach or Stouffer gymnasium that it used to be. You know, it's it's a nice gym, man. It's it's They, they upgraded so much. They have this, this uh, you know, the concessions have moved to inside the gym itself so you don't miss any action while, while taking care of that. You know, they've got courtside seats now. They've got upgraded seats and, you know, the regular bleachers. Now they're individualized seats. With armrests and backrests, I mean, it's it's a really it's a special place to be. And again, talking up the program, man, uh, they got the right players in the right in the right spots, and it's it's just it's a special environment, man. The, the same old Stouffer Gymnasium that that uh, people in the area used to know uh, is dead and gone, man. It's uh. It's a really awesome atmosphere to be in. Last night was great seeing the men handle Southeastern and really just dominating from beginning to end. You know, Southeastern would go on a couple runs here and there and, you know, keep it kind of interesting. But there was never a doubt in anyone's mind in the gym that 
know, the Colonels are going to run away with this one, and they, they're going to handle business. And, uh, you know, tomorrow night the women's game uh, ought to be just as exciting. I, I, I can't wait for it, man. I, I'm just really happy to be a part of it. Uh, you and I both being on that table working every home game, it's, uh, it's fun, man. I uh, can't say enough good things about it. You know, one of the things talking about the men is, is, look, they have been regular season champions. They have been at that level. But I really think, bro, that this year's team has a chance to maybe do some stuff that the previous year's teams were not able to do. And what I mean by that is, and I mean this with no disrespect, but a couple years ago, the team was so heavily, um, I'm trying to think of the right way, they, they so heavily reliant upon Ty Gordon to score 35, 40 points. And when he did that, they beat everybody. But when he would have that off night, it was a struggle. Last year, Caleb Huffman, kind of the same thing. When he would score 25, 30 points, hey, you're good to go. But if you would have an off night or a team would do a junk defense or whatever, it would be a struggle. This year, bro, I don't know who you take away. Deontay Smith, 18.7 assists last night. Jamal West, the big fella down low, 16 points. Robert Brown, 16 points. Ireland, 10 points. Jalen White wasn't scoring last night, but he's capable of getting double digits. Like It feels like, and what's amazing about it, partner, is that all of these guys are new to the program by and large. Like you threw together a team that lost everybody just about, and then some kind of way you built another team that's deeper than the team you had last year. Yeah, it's uh, you know the new the new fifth year seniors and transfer portal guys, and just just the new way of the NCAA, the new way of college basketball. It's uh, it's 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 paying off for Nichols, man. It's it's. It's working, whatever it is, just completely, as you said, completely rebuilding a team from scratch. Uh, man, what a what a special group of guys. And the thing is, it's uh, it's almost like this team. I, I don't, I can't really quite find the right words. I don't want to say sneaky good, but everybody on the team is sneaky good. Like there's no true standout. That's the guy. That's the guy we got to shut down. That's the guy we got to look out for because everyone, while there's no standout superstar that you could immediately point like, okay, this guy's going to be first team all conference. We in for a tough night. There's no one that stands out that way with this program, but you got four or five guys who are all capable of being that guy any given night. And man, they were all clicking last night and no one was really making any like, crazy plays no one like had any sets drawn up for him and hit two or three threes in a row and came down and heat checked nba three and there was no like dominant dunking dominant post play it's just a bunch of guys playing the game the right way together and all just eating off of the same buffet everybody was just having a great time on the floor last night as you said multiple double double digit scores great balance scoring for man a, just a flat out great team it was an awesome team effort last night and i think it's sort of a, a strange blessing that they don't have that standout guy because these this group of guys just meshes meshes together perfectly man the new orleans saints ended their regular season on sunday getting a lopsided win over the atlanta falcons but did not make the playoffs because they didn't get the help that they needed 
What's crazy is that it's a Saints team that really hasn't won a whole lot in the last couple of years, but yet, despite having their most impressive win in quite some time, all we're talking about is the ending of the game, where Jameis Winston and the offense apparently goes rogue. Dennis Allen's telling them, hey, sit on the ball. The offense is saying, nope, to hell with you, coach. We're getting Jamal Williams a touchdown. He doesn't have one all year. I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, I think that Dennis Allen, as the coach, if his entire locker room wants something, he should probably deliver that to them, and they should have probably lined up and ran a play and let Jamal Williams score. On the flip side to that, I think the team should have a little more discipline and follow what the coach is saying because, bro, when you have a coach saying, sit on the ball, and the whole team is like, nope, and they don't fear the repercussions, maybe that's why you haven't been to the playoffs for the last three years, man. It's a crazy ending. Dennis Allen showed exactly how much control he has over his team, which I think the answer is none. And now we head into a crazy offseason where they're going to have to put some of these pieces back together. Yeah, man, that's uh, – I'm kind of like you. i got mixed emotions on it. Um, I, I'll list a few, a few of my opinions here. Like, number one, I have no issue with running up the score on the Falcons. I have no issue with, you know – we're going to run up the score at home, last game of the year, don't hold anything back. We're not sure if we're going to make the playoffs or not. Um, so we're just going to you know, beat the piss out of this division rival, this most hated team. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to dominate the Falcons, and we're going to run up the score in the final minutes. <clears throat> I take no issue with that in itself. Um, and then to take it a step further and let's get Jamal Williams a touchdown. You know, everybody loves him. He's a great leader. He's a, he's a valuable locker room guy. Let's, let's get it done. I've got no issue with that. Um, <clears throat> I, the only issue I have, <clears throat> I'd rather, you know, don't do it out of the victory formation. Yeah. Um, if Dennis Allen says, go do this, and you say, screw that guy, we're doing this instead, fine. But go line up like men and do it. Even if even if it's, you know, you start in the victory formation and then it's an all-out audible and then, and then everyone lines up and you hurry up and snap it before Dennis Allen can call timeout, fine. Um, but line up like men and do it. Because now you're opening yourself up for guys that are unprepared. You're opening yourself up for potential injury. And, like, these are these guys' livelihoods. I mean, you could ruin some careers, ruin some livelihoods, by running a live play in what's supposed to be the victory formation where everyone just kind of mails it in. So that I'm not a fan of at all. That's the only gripe I have. But, um, you know, as far as the guys not listening to the coach, I mean, look, I've never reached the level that these guys are, but it's clear and evident, and this isn't the first, you know, bit of evidence that everyone could see. You know, when you get to the professional level, just the – the control that the coaches have over players is just so minimal to begin with. They're not that valuable of a piece as they would be on the college or any or college level or any level below that. You know, the professionals. I mean, when you when you got guys making way more money than the coaches, they they literally are the reason that the people come and pay the money to see the games. Uh, it's a it's a tough argument, but that's the reality of it. Um, if anything. I think what we should all, as Saints fans, be upset about is upper management. We should all not – don't be mad at Jameis Winston. Don't be mad at all of the Saints who rallied around him and agreed to go against Dennis Allen. 
we should all be mad at Saints upper management for putting the Saints in the position to where, you know, we don't we don't respect this guy. We don't respect Dennis Allen. We don't. We're gonna. We feel like we need to do something else and go against it. Um, I think at this level. Now, look, I would never in a million years do that as a high school athlete. You know, I would never picture college athletes doing that. I mean, that's 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 discipline issues. That's like you don't do that. You're setting yourself up to fail in life if you start going against your coach on those levels. But man, the professional level, you got a bunch of guys in their mid twenties, uh, in their thirties, like they've reached the highest level. It doesn't get any better than this. They're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. They clearly are more important than they ever would have been. Um, you know, this is a Saints upper management issue. This is I'm more upset with the Benson family and Loomis and all these other people for putting the Saints in this position to begin with to where they felt like they needed to rally around each other and go against their coach. That's who I think we should all be upset with. Yeah, I think that's very well said, man, and, and a point well taken. Um, let's talk about some WWE, man. Um, I don't know if you saw what's happening on social media, but I'll kind of fill you in just in case you or the listeners are not paying attention. Jinder Mahal came out two weeks ago and returned to WWE. He got, you know, rock bottom, their people's elbow or whatever by The Rock. Well, then Monday night, he comes back and starts a program with Seth Rollins um, that's going to lead to a match on Monday Night Raw. Well, Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, took exception to that and has gone on a belligerent, spoiled, rich child tirade about how people criticize his booking decisions. But here on Raw, we have Jinder Mahal, who hasn't won a match in more than a year, fighting for a title, blah, 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 blah. He's getting roasted by fans. Eric Bischoff is roasting him. He's getting thrown under the bus. Um, it's good to see a little bit of that rivalry, I don't, although I don't know how much of a rivalry it is, but WWE's kicking their tail up, down, left, and right. But this, Tony Khan does know that this is a work, right? Like him, him saying, oh, he hasn't won a match in more than a year. This is not college football. This is not the NBA. Like It doesn't matter who wins or loses. Like What the hell is he talking about, Turtle? Uh, I I don't know, man. Uh, unless he's unless he's keeping the gimmick alive, and unless unless he's he's playing in, into the program. I mean, yeah, he he is making himself look kind of stupid here. Um, <laughs> that that's that's the simplest way to put it. Um, and as you said, yeah, I have not been able to, to pay attention. This is the first I hear of it. I didn't realize it was it was that bad. It was it was that. No, oh, he's getting that, hammered on social media. Yeah, but yeah, um, you know, look from a business standpoint, every every bit that I've seen about Jinder Mahal, both you know, out in the ring, in the locker room, as a person, I mean, good all around guy, great locker room guy, great guy for the business that'll simply just do anything you ask for. I think he did a fantastic job with his delivery. And his old school heel, you know, America, everybody versus America. Yeah, what he did to set up the Rock coming out, I think was actually, I think he he deserves more credit than he got for what he was able to do to attack the crowd and get them to respond, get them to react. I think he did his job really well that night. And for them to 
throw him in a title shot against Seth Rollins the the, the following week, I mean, yeah, it, it technically means nothing. I mean, to, to me, just as a casual viewer right now, you know, before the premium live events uh, come back, you know, before Royal Rumble, you know, I, all I say is good for Jinder Mahal. It's good to see him back. You know, it's great for them to mix it up and not have the same old stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, long story short, I don't know how to circle back to this, but, uh, yeah, Tony Khan's an idiot. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we finish. That's, that, that's where it is. Uh, I'm with you there, bro. I don't know if you had a chance to see this on SmackDown, but Paul Heyman cut a promo that is, frankly, why WWE is good again. He Normally, you know, hey, we got this guy, and he's feuding with that guy, and up until the premium live event, we're going to see seven different variations of how those two guys could wrestle one another. We'll, they'll be in a tag match together. They'll be in whatever it may be together, and we'll see every different variation. Well, right now it's a little more complex than that. Paul Heyman cut a promo in SmackDown Friday where he called out CM Punk. He called out Seth Rollins. He called out um, uh, uh, L.A. Knight. He called out all of the guys that are, uh, uh, what's his name, A.J. Styles. And then he also called out The Rock, basically leaving the options open of, hey, who's Roman going to tangle with next? Well, maybe it's everybody. It's unpredictable, and we like unpredictable. We like to not know what's happening in this scripted world. That was an awesome promo, and it's got me super excited for the next couple of months because there's so many different ways that they could go with this stuff. Yeah, man, that's that's the beauty of that business. That's the beauty of WWE. That's what keeps us, the fans, engaged is you just never know what angle they're going to attack from. You never know. Just when you think you got it figured out, here's another swerve. Here's another curveball. Here's another knuckleball with no spin on it. You don't know where it's going to fall. This is this is what we live for as fans. You know, um, first of all, Paul Heyman, absolute genius on the mic. He he knows how to how to just tickle every nerve and how to really keep the fans engaged and and keep everyone involved and interested in what's coming next. Uh, and I'm with you, man. This is. This is why they are head and shoulders just way above everyone else. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about the next couple months. We could go a number of different directions. You know, everything we could have predicted in the last 12 months just doesn't seem as strong anymore. Like, I, I'm not even believing that it's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think, I think we're going in a completely different direction. Do I think Cody ends up coming out on top? "Quote unquote," finishing his story and getting his getting his title finally. Yes, I don't even think it's going to be against Roman Reigns. These next two weeks, you know, I'm expecting some some major changes here as far as the title picture goes, and uh, who's going to be the face of the company, you know, representing with the with the belts. And it's uh, it's uh, just super interesting. It's I, I'm I'm stoked. I, I can't wait to see what happens next. No doubt, brother. Look, before we let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. we got a bunch of NFL playoff games. I'm going to ask you to give me some winners. We'll go one at a time here. Uh, we've got, let's see, let me pull up the list. We've got uh, Cleveland and Houston. In Houston, who you got in that one? Cleveland. I like Cleveland. I, I think I agree with you there. The game that is on Peacock, and you know what? Let's talk about this. Uh, because Brian and I have vented about this all week. I have Peacock. I think you do too, but you tell me you watch some of the pay-per-views. 
How ridiculous right. is it that there's going to be a playoff game that like our both you and I's parents and grandparents probably just won't be able to watch because it's only on a streaming service? That's dangerous territory, bro. I don't like that. And, and I say that as a subscriber, I'll be able to watch it, but it kind of sucks that you're going to have to be in a situation now where you're going to have to start paying to watch these games. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Um, I mean, are, are, are we 100% sure? Like, there's no way, like, the rabbit ears. Nope, you know, only no peacock. On the roof, it's completely impossible. Okay, yeah, that, that that sucks, man, for the people who don't have it. But um, And, look, I'm not, I'm not applauding the NFL and saying, you know, good for them, but... You know, is this one of those power business moves? I did, I did see someone kind of take a shot at this on social media. Is this, how about the NFL and Roger Goodell forcing all those Swifties to subscribe to Peacock just to watch this Kansas City game? Is that, is that maybe what this was? Is, is, this, is this a money grab? Well, Peacock gave them 150 large. They got $150 million for doing this. So, yeah, whatever the reason is, the NFL is making out big out of this. Yeah, but, but yeah, man, I'm with you. I think it's stupid. Like, it, look, the Thursday night football on Amazon Prime or whatever, yeah, that, that's one thing. I, no, not a lot of people care about Thursday night football. And sometimes you could still find it locally. But this right here, playoffs, ah. Not a, not a fan of uh, streaming only. That, that's kind of dumb. No, I agree. So, Dolphins, Chiefs, who you got? Um, this may come as a shock. I'm going with the Dolphins in this one. I, hey. think, um, I think the right things are going to click. I think the Dolphins, man, they, they've impressed me many different ways this year. Um I think Kansas City, I think they're almost at the breaking point. I think they're almost falling apart. I think Kelsey is kind of not as good as he's supposed to be. I think Pat Mahomes is not necessarily on the decline, but I think he needs a rebirth. I think he needs a boost. I think he needs new teammates, new, you know, maybe maybe it's time for Andy Reid to move on. Something something in Kansas City, I just got this strange feeling just isn't right, and I think Miami goes into Kansas City and gets the upset. Bill Steelers. Bills. Yep. I, yeah, I think the Bills might win it all. Cowboys Packers. Cowboys. Hey, I like that. Uh, Rams. How about this one? Rams and Lions. Boy, you got Goff, who used to be the Rams quarterback. Stafford, who used to be the Lions quarterback. And we got a, a big old wild card matchup on Sunday Night Lions-Rams. Uh, I think the Lions take it. Uh, I've uh, I've not paid a whole lot of attention to either one of those teams, but just the fact that this is one of the best seasons in Detroit in God knows how many years. I mean, that what would they have like 11, 12 wins or something on the season? Like they're the Lions are legit. Uh, do I think they go all the way? No, but this uh, this home playoff game, uh, yeah, I think they dominate the Rams. Last one, you got the Eagles who are struggling mightily, traveling to take on Tampa, who really isn't any good. Eagles or Bucks? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Eagles, man. It's uh, it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be, it's gonna be unwatchable for the first three and a half quarters, and then you're gonna have two, two guys who just don't need to be fighting to begin with, fighting very tooth and nail at the end that you can't help but but watch and uh it's going to be a wild exciting last possession in that game and i think the eagles squeak out with a win and then 
that's the end of the road for them after that. Last question before we let you go about your day. It's going to be minus 10 in Kansas City for that Chiefs and Dolphins game. How much would they have oh. to pay you to go and watch a football game in minus 10? Good Lord. <laughs> uh, minus 10. 42 and degrees away from freezing, Turtle. And uh, outside in Kansas City, I either need to be in the suite with Taylor Swift or I need field passes, I need field access all game. And I'll at least be able to stand next to the next to the portable heaters that are that are on the players. And I might need one of those big old black jackets too. That's that's the only two ways I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Thanks so much for the time. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, buddy. Yes, indeed, man. It was fun. Uh, thank you all for having me. And as always, go Tarps and God bless America. Yes, sir. We thank Taylor Griffin so much for the time. Um, I'll ask you the same thing, Mr. Kali. You're you're the resident guy who doesn't like to be cold and who is always freezing. Minus 10 in Arrowhead. What would they have to do to get Brian Kali? Let's say it was the Saints and the Chiefs and, you know, you and the family got tickets. And what would it take to get you to go and watch an outdoor football game in minus 10 degree weather? Oh, I'd say a lot. <laughs> a lot. I mean, don't you feel for those fans, dude? That's going to be miserable. Like, you got Kansas City fans who've been looking forward to the playoffs all year. You got Miami fans who they haven't been in a while. They're probably making the trip. You show up in Kansas City. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's below zero. Yeah, and they're gonna have guys with no shirts on. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> it There's, is insane. I, look, I, I went to the the Bear Saints playoff game in Chicago when it snowed, and I mean, I had so many. Now I was younger, so I can handle the cold a little bit better now uh then uh than now but um i had so many layers on and uh we found a little get together before the game so i was good and you drank something to you keep you I warm mean. i do know what you mean <laughs> um dude it's just like to think the temperature has to rise 40 degrees just to get back to freezing that's unbelievably cold i couldn't do that um my god that's going to be interesting to see what the fans are going to be packing there when you're going to be playing a playoff game in minus 10 and, and by the way your dolphins offense so oh, speed 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 they they're not no. going to like that cold weather that's not going to be any good for them why why play a game in, in those conditions my dad says every 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 stadium should be retractor roof dome and so oh, that's football. I don't think that's football. That's torture. You know, I, that's I, what that is. That's torture. Now, look, the conditions in Buffalo are not going to be any better. We've got two outside games this week. Everything else is in a dome. I'm sorry. We got three outside games. Tampa Bay. That, that's that's going to be in the 60s. No biggie there. Buffalo. Oh, it's going to be 24 and sleeting. That ain't any better than minus 10 and dry. 24 and sleeting. You're going to get wet. And be all. That's misery. Yeah. Misery. But let's catch a break when we get back. The Toronto Raptors head basketball coach made me a big fan last night. They lost to the Lakers. They got cheated by the Lakers. And he openly said what we were all thinking last night. Made a fan out of me. He's going to have made a fan out of you. We'll play that clip in the next segment. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Education. Prevention. Care. 
The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Join Talk on the Bayou from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Raging Cajun. We cover local news topics, politics, and entertainment each weekday. And it's all brought to you in part by Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Rev, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. Talk on the Bayou Monday through Friday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Right here on the Raging Cajun, KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. I am uh, a degenerate. I watch sports all day long, all night long. Yesterday, after I got back home from Nichols State University, I watched the ending to the LSU men's basketball game. Hey, shout out Tigers 2-0 in SEC play. But then I also flipped to my NBA league pass, and I saw, well, this is exciting. The Lakers are losing to the Toronto Raptors. I'm like, hey, that's fun. And who? but what I saw after that was very controversial and is part of the reason why conspiracy theories exist the lakers beat the raptors 132 to 131 last night the lakers are in a hole they're trying to dig out of a hole Uh, maybe the league wants them in the playoffs if you're a conspiracy theorist we could debate and discuss some of these things the lakers outshot toronto at the free throw line last night in the fourth quarter 21 to 2 um and it allowed the lakers to rally back from a deficit and score a one-point win toronto's uh coach darko Rajakovic even a suspension for this, but he said what everybody was thinking. And let me play the clip right here for y'all. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and they get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible that Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? 
if that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. So he said, and the, the big magic quote, were we not allowed to win tonight? If so, let us know, and we won't even show up to play. That's very pointed words. But when you get outshot at the line 23-2 to two in a quarter mm. on the road, eh, kind of smells like a fish a little bit, especially given the team that was the recipient of that. And he's talking about star players getting calls. He's referencing LeBron James. He's referencing Anthony Davis. And Do the officials favor some of these big market teams sometimes? Yes. I think so, Without too. Without a doubt. Dude, I... <laughs> Look, and I'm going to go as far to say, in the past several years now, let's talk high school, you see more and more high school kids questioning calls, uh, acting the fool on the court when <laughs> sometimes a call was made. Uh, you got more and more kids acting as officials on the court Oh, he walked. This guy do the walking signal or offensive foul, and they they get away from playing the game. But why? Watch LeBron. No. Oh. I mean, every single time it seems like he don't foul. It's amazing. He has never committed. Yeah, a foul. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the only guy that never fouled in the history of the basketball. And I don't know the way he pouts about calls and. Sickening to me. Well, I have LeBron's response to the to the Raptors coach. Let me uh, let me play this to you. You'll like this. Uh, this is this is vintage LeBron when asked about the comments made by the Raptors coach. Um, I feel like they fouled and we didn't. I feel like they fouled and we didn't. That's yeah. the reason why it was a 23-2 to two free throw difference in the fourth quarter of that game, a game that the Lakers needed to have as they're trying to rebuild their season. I How about feel like they fouled and we didn't. Why not say no comment? I'm paid to play. <laughs> we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't doing that. Bro. No. <laughs> You're asking for a lot. We ain't doing that. We ain't getting him to not give his thoughts and his opinions on something because God knows that's uh, that ain't happening. Um, let's talk about this. We had an interesting set of circumstances. Um, where was I going? Oh, um, yeah, I saw this yesterday on social media. Vrabel, a lot of folks are very surprised. We brought this up yesterday on the show. Uh, Vrabel gets let go by Tennessee. And you and I make a whole lot of fun of Mickey Loomis and the Saints administration and how much of a mess that we think it is and, and on, on, on and on and on. Um, the Tennessee Titans yesterday were axed. Well, Vrabel has like a market. Um, people think he's a pretty doggone good coach. Why wouldn't you just trade him somewhere else? He's still under contract, and like, why wouldn't you trade him? To which their general manager said, <laughs> this will make you appreciate Mickey Loomis, to which their general manager said that trading him would have created a complicated situation, so we thought it'd be best to just fire him. So you had a chance to... Maybe get a draft pick or two for your outgoing coach. 
but your general manager just didn't want to be bothered with the time that it would take to work a trade, so you just get nothing instead. How ridiculous is that? And by the way, pay him. And pay him, yes. <laughs> I think that the owner of that team probably won't be pleased with that decision. Oh, yeah, no, we could have traded him, yeah, but eh, I don't know what we really want to well, spend the time Well, I got some advice that. from Mickey Lomas, and that's what he told me to do. <laughs> Did you see the teams are trying to poach all of Mickey Loomis's underlings, man? Jeff Ireland's getting contacted. His salary cap guy's getting contacted. There's a very good chance that within five or six days, Mickey's going to be alone on his own little island, and then all of his helpers are not going to be with him anymore. And, boy, is that a scary thing, going, a scary thought going forward. So what is that telling you? If they want some of the Saints' management but not the boss. Yeah. Uh, So I guess the rest of the NFL saying it's production on the field. It's nothing management wise where they're going to come pick up some scouts. They're going to, it seems like you wouldn't want anyone from the saints. Well, apparently they got some folks who hold value, but why the hell aren't they, aren't they winning games? Um, I don't know. Look, I promised you I would get my thoughts on this. Mason Smith yesterday declared for the NFL draft. Um, man, I've been dreading doing this. This is the reason why I'm doing it at 1256 and I didn't do it earlier. Mason Smith is a good kid. I know Mason Smith. If I saw Mason Smith at Walmart, I would shake his hand and say, hey, buddy, proud of you. You're doing a good job. Mason Smith and whoever is advising Mason Smith made a mistake yesterday. Mason played last season for LSU after recovering from his ACL injury and was not effective. He had 20 tackles, a couple of sacks. He was not near the player that he was hyped up to be going into the season. There are some people who have had ACL injuries who say, your first year back, it's not the same. Ronald Acuna in baseball, completely different sport, but Ronald Acuna is a great example of that. His first year back after the torn ACL, he was not any good. His second year back after the torn ACL, he won the MVP. So maybe there's a world where Mason just still just doesn't fully trust the injury, isn't firing out as hard, and, and maybe he will get better, and maybe he will do some things at the NFL. But I know this. This is a kid who had two more seasons of eligibility who's going to be a late-round draft pick at best, maybe even an undrafted free agent. There's no one on the roster who stood more to gain by returning to school than that kid because if he would have come back to school next year and had the big year that we all thought he was going to have this year, then you go from being a sixth or a seventh-round pick to being a first or a second-round pick. You're tripling, quadrupling, maybe even five times more money per season. Mason, we wish you the best, dude. I sincerely hope that you have a wonderful NFL career. I sincerely hope that someday – They're playing this radio clip of me saying this right now, and they're laughing at me and not at you because I hope that you prove us all wrong. But he made a mistake yesterday. He should have returned to school. I watched him play all year long. I didn't see a guy who was NFL ready. Quite frankly, at times I saw a guy who was barely SEC ready. He was getting thrown around, was not making plays. I wish he would have gotten better guidance because there's no way that that kid has been given a first or a second round grade, was listening to Mike Dettelier yesterday. He agrees. He knows more about this stuff than all of us. Hate to see a kid maybe miss out on an opportunity like that. In today's day and age of NIL where you're already making some money, I wish he would have come back to school. I think he made a big mistake yesterday. 
What round is he projected? I would imagine day two or day three, fourth, fifth yeah, at the I, earliest, sixth. I, I mean, dude, he, he wasn't even effective for LSU. Why would he be effective for the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Saints? Like, and I don't the, get it. The thing is, he had so many other options. Going to, if you're not he look, he may not be happy where he's at. Or, well, or, then transfer to Georgia. Go the portal. Yes. Uh, or get out of the SEC. And, and I mean, I, going to the NFL, I, I, I just I, I can't understand. If he waits one or two more years, he's probably projected top. Yeah, first, it, second round, possibly. It but, is, it's a situation where I think he left a lot of money on the table. And, and like you, look, I, I would have wanted him to be back at LSU. Obviously, that's my alma mater. That's the school I root for. But if it is an issue of, hey, you're just not happy there, then hell, just go somewhere yeah. else. Um, that, to me, would be a bigger um, or a better move than going prematurely to the NFL because a lot of folks have asked today. I wrote about this, and a lot of folks have sent me a message asking, like, hey, if he goes undrafted, like, could he go back to school? No, 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 no. The way the NFL works, once you declare, you're done. This is not like college baseball where – you could see where you're drafted and then make a decision. No, he is, his collegiate eligibility is now through. And I just hope that he doesn't regret that decision someday because it feels a little short-sighted to me. Well, I'm sure he's going to be asked who uh, who guided him in, on this situation, and we may have more info coming up soon, but I wouldn't want to be the, the person to <laughs> say, look, Skip you the next two years, go straight to NFL because he's not ready right now. Yeah, that was a tough decision. It is a tough break for the Tigers because it does open up a little bit of a hole now. They're going to have to hit the transfer portal, and they're going to have to go and get some defensive tackles because they lose Mason, they lose uh, Jefferson. Like They've lost some guys there. They'll have to put the pieces back together. Um, we saw this news break yesterday. Wink Martindale, the uh, New York Giants defensive coordinator, He's a guy from the old Rob Ryan, Rex Ryan tree out there with the Ravens and everything. Very aggressive guy. Um, he reportedly, listen to this, after resigning from being the New York Giants defensive coordinator, he reportedly had to be restrained and was cussing out Giants head coach um, Dable, Brian Dable, during a meeting Monday. Apparently, they the Giants were content on bringing Martindale back, but they fired his defensive staff. Martindale said, nope, I'm loyal to these guys. If these guys are out, I'm out. And was had to be restrained from a meeting with Dable. Kind of a weird and crazy thing to do, but I do appreciate his loyalty to his guys. He's saying, hey, if you're going to fire somebody, get rid of me. I'm the head of the defense. Leave my guys alone. When they fired his guys, he said, you know what? Screw y'all. I'm out. Yeah, good. So the Giants are now looking for a defensive coordinator, and Wink Martindale has some interest from some other teams around the NFL. He's going to find a job pretty quickly. LSU gets a win yesterday. They're 2-0 in SEC play. Um, good showing. Tigers take care of business. And very quickly before we wrap up, yesterday we had a unique night in college basketball. The number one and number two teams in the country both lost. Nebraska defeats Purdue. Iowa State beats Houston. This is going to be a March Madness, dude. The portal has done this. This is going to be a March Madness where there's not going to be a great team, and it's going to just be chaos. Absolute chaos. That's why next year with 12 – Football, college football is going to be awesome. Yep, I agree. I, I think it's we're heading into a really exciting time. Let's wrap up today's show. We want to thank Brandon Brown for the time. We want to thank Turtle for the time. 
I'm not going to lie, yo. I, I fumbled. Um, we usually have Brody on on Wednesdays. I just completely forgot to line that up. So we're going to have Coach Brody on hopefully tomorrow to talk about the Tarpons' latest victory over South Terrebonne. Uh, you've been listening to Play by Play. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.